Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 232. This week, we have good hands giving the middle finger, the great vote purchase, SCOTUS's weight loss case, a Brianna Taylor carbon copy, student loan limbo, 400 deja vu, and my losers of the week. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my part in this endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. People probably think after hearing that lineup that the show's going to be like six hours long. <laughs> well, we've already been talking for two. <laughs> True. Not our most productive morning. True. But that's yeah, okay. pretty much when we record, just I talk about a lot of times just BS and, and warm up for getting on. Then I looked up the clock. Like, oh, we've been talking for two hours. We need to, we need to put this show down so Eric has something to edit. Correct. So you have a good week. I did. Did you? Wet, wet and cool. Yes. I when am- I say cool, low eighties is is cool in summertime in, in Metro Atlanta. I was about to say the same thing. Like I went out with the dogs the other night and my gosh, it's like almost brisk out here. And then I did a couple things in the yard and I was sweating and I was like, okay, so brisk is like 82. (laughs) Like that's what I thought was brisk because it's been 99. So it was a nice change. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but you know, these, these cool weeks allow companies like mine to catch up. But honestly, it hasn't been a great summer for anybody. Uh, a lot of the big guys are slashing prices. I mean, they still still have a hard time competing with me just because I don't have their overhead. But yeah. they're slashing prices, try, try, just trying to get stuff moved, even even in, in uh, the inflationary market, because it has not. Been, we had two weeks that were miserable. And during the that two weeks, I didn't have any air conditioning in my truck. So nothing like having a sweaty fat man show up at your house to fix your air conditioning. Woo. <laughs> So we have Georgia Insurance Commissioner says all states taking advantage of an insurance loophole. Yeah, I love how our insurance commissioner, which is a job that arguably is like not. Well, first of all, it, it absolutely is not the proper role of government. Um, that like Jimmy rigs the market and and helps. They say they represent the people, but they consistently represent companies as a whole and the industry, which is why Jim Beck is in the federal clink. I love how he's saying that they're taking advantage of a loophole when the loophole is the law. Like he's calling them out like, oh man, this company took advantage of a hole we left. That doesn't make sense. Well, and he's encouraging lawmakers to close the loophole. Apparently, uh, they, they're called a, a file and use to increase Georgia auto insurance by 25% in September. So every year, the state sets the cap that they can increase it by, which most people don't know that. Like they do it every single year and the number comes out every year and people complain about their rates. But it's pretty, I don't think a lot of people know that our state officials set that number. Well, the the 
only good thing for competition is I have seen every insurance agent that I have on, on like my social media has posted this story. Really? It, obviously, nobody who represents Allstate, but yeah, they've been posting the story saying, you know, not us. Look, look what Allstate's doing. <laughs> obviously trying to pull uh, uh, customers from Allstate. But here, here's the thing. And they don't have to and, increase and, the rates. That's one thing to note. Like they don't, it's just if they need to, that's the most. Right. And some uh, insurance companies didn't, did not increase the rate, rate at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, stayed flat. But the, the replacement cost on a vehicle has shot through the roof. And it's, it's, you know, we talked before, a decent pickup truck is a hundred grand now. I said, when I say yeah. decent, I mean, a, a nice higher end pickup truck, it's a hundred grand. So if uh, you're, you're driving a Raptor, a, a late model Raptor to, to replace that, if it's totaled that, that increase, that price increase is, is significant. I mean, it's 30, 40, 50% higher. So Allstate said, you know, inflation, other factors are causing auto prices to rise. I mean, they're, but they're saying that they're still competitive. Um, but I thought it was interesting. This was a story, the story that we're referencing came out from WSB and they, you know, pressed Allstate for official comments and they just said, can you, you can talk to the insurance trade groups and the studies that have come out of them and you can talk to them because apparently there was a study that was released that says that basically this is all just coming back to pre-pandemic levels. I don't know how true that is because, I mean, I don't think anything's well, gone down. Nothing went down during covid Right. Nationwide didn't raise rates at all. State Farm is 5 to 8%. Progressive is 6.5%. And Allstate is 40 Now, when we talk about percentages, was Allstate that much lower than everybody else and they're catching up? I don't know. I don't have Allstate. Uh, but that, that's that's a possibility. It's certainly a possibility that their, 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 their large increase is simply catching up with what these other companies are were already charging. Maybe nationwide didn't have to increase because they were already high. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and forty percent is a lot. I mean, but isn't that up to the consumers if they want to pay that? Like, why sort is it of. John King's? Why is it John King's problem? The the problem I have is you're mandated to have insurance, so the law says you have to have yes. it. Yes. So with the law saying you have to have it, they're mandating that you buy something. So what these these insurance companies know is it, it's a product that you're legally obligated to have if, if you have a vehicle. You know, obviously, if, you're, if your house is paid for, you don't necessarily have to have homeowner's insurance, but, you know, and you can get by with liability insurance only if, uh, if your car is paid for. I just think it's funny that, you know, the state's like, yes, we're going to mandate this. Yes, we're going to mandate certain things that you must carry as part of that insurance. And then we're going to regulate this. And we think that 14% is okay, but 15% is not. I no, mean, I agree with you. Like, it's just so backwards. I don't. 
I think it's unethical. Oh, really? Like the position itself is unethical. Well, of course it is. It's government. Well, yeah, but not all of them are inherently unethical. This like this doesn't even have anything good coming out of it. Insurance is an investment scam to begin with. Yeah, they're betting you know, on people, you not using it. Right. If people were capable of self-insurance, and that and, and look, if if you're well off enough, you could certainly self-insure. You should be able to self-insure. And say, you know, I, I, I can afford anything that liability would cover. <laughs> but that's not what the, that's not the way the law is written. I don't know. John King certainly came off as a tough guy in the interview. And of course, this is uh, his sort of reelection year. Mm-hmm. It's his first time on and, the ballot. Right. So he's he's able to. You know, get get in front of the cameras, get get on local news, and say, "Yeah, I I, I want the lawmakers to change to to do something about this because, of course, this rate will hit right before the election." Well, so yes, he's, but he knows he's going to have people screaming. Are we supposed to believe that um, this is the first year that this loophole has been in place? It, it's not. So why? Yeah, I mean, and. and he wasn't worried about it last and, and year. And like you said, if 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 Allstate goes up too much, go to State Farm. Yeah, we used to have Allstate. It go was, to Nationwide. Go go. Yeah, oh. go. There's a dozen other companies to to go and shop. American Family, whatever. So if if State Farm, um, hello the General. Farm, Haven't if, you seen if, the commercials? One eight hundred General now. And the General, yeah, yeah, the General and Shack. Uh, if, if their rates are so much higher, they're going to lose customers. If they're just catching up with, with the competition, they probably won't because they'll read about this, this rate increase and then go to another, another insurer and find out that there's really no difference. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know anybody specifically. I don't have, I don't even, I don't even have an anecdotal, uh, uh, test for you to, to say, oh, okay, well, this person, uh, saw what their rate was was going to in October and uh, went to went to whatever insurance company and saved thirty percent or whatever. Yeah, I just. I mean, trying trying to insure vehicles in Atlanta is crazy. Anyway, is it? The 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 way people run into each other around here, yeah. I mean, it's a losing proposition. You know, it's a losing proposition because because people in Atlanta drive fast and they hit things. How do they drive fast? There's so much traffic. Actually, when we did see a, 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 a we do see a decrease in fatalities when traffic is high, but mm-hmm. people still still hit each other. Still insurance. There's still insurance Correct. claims to go with it. And there's still serious injuries, but can't help. Right. They're terrible, but awful, we, but, no good drivers. Yeah, but we, but you do see a, a, a fewer fatalities in the metro counties you know, when when traffic is awful because you can't get enough speed to kill anybody. So we have Kemp's latest handout, one billion dollars strong. Got the press release about this, and it just infuriated me. I I get that. This money has come from the feds. It's more ARP money, 
American Rescue Plan Act money. And it's already been printed. It's already been spent. I get it. But like I said on my social media post about this, the money would be way better. Instead of handing it out to people and buying votes, like, let's use the money to pay for resources to fight the federal government on most of their policies. Like, let's actually fight back against some of it and make ourselves more independent instead of just handing out cash payments, Brian. You're not going to out-Democrat the Democrats. And I don't want to try. Right. If it gets into a question of who's going to give you most, look, Stacey Abrams is going to, is going to win that argument every time. Let her. She will always have... She, yeah, exactly. Is all right if that that is that's your plan, Stacy. Your plan is is to raid the coffers and and hand money out to people who are who are not as productive as others. Here, you know, go ahead, make that part of your platform. And I think Stacy has a lot of losing ideas on her platform. One being, she would have locked down the state faster and longer. She would have put kids in masks. She has a ton of really losing ideas that, that she's putting out there uh, the against that are the terrifying. The, yeah, against the gun legislation that that went through this this last session. Uh, there's she she keeps she keeps running ads on things that are let let her keep talking. Let her energize energize your base. Going and and trying to buy a boat, you're not gonna hand somebody on welfare a three hundred fifty dollar check and make them go Oh, okay. I'm going to vote for Brian Kemp. No, exactly. Trump tried that with the with the with COVID cash. Even so much that the physical checks that went out had his name on it. Well, and my thing too is that you know Brian Kemp over. Yes, he had a Trump endorsement in the summer with Kegel that helped him, but it really didn't do much of anything for him against Stacey Abrams. And he beat her fair and square in 2018, not as an incumbent, not with any money to hand out to people, just with policies truly because that was the last election cycle in georgia that we had policies we're not talking about policies now we're talking about what the state can give you and we're talking about national talking points which is just disgusting but he has more under his belt he has actual things i don't agree with all of them but he has actual things he can reference and talk about and tell people he's done in ways that he did good for the state of georgia and you could actually convince people with that like i'm not saying that every single person on because the, the handout, this $350 handout is for anyone who was enrolled as of July 31 of this year for um, Medicaid, SNAP food benefits, or temporary um, family assistance. So any of those benefit programs, you get it. And for your dependents in your family unit. So I'm not saying that every single one of those people is not for Kemp. I'm just saying that like, that's not how you're going to change anybody's mind, because first of all, Donald Trump put his name on those checks and people still didn't vote for him. Right. You cannot get into their game. Just like you don't, you don't see Stacey Abrams coming out for small government. You don't see Stacey Abrams t- touting what what Kemp. T- and look, Kemp got Georgia back open quickly. Uh, I don't think it should have ever shut down. And I said, and before anybody says hindsight's twenty twenty, you and I said this as it was happening. You know, two weeks to flatten the curve, my ass. Uh, 
Well, yeah. But he did it. And I think he realized, okay, like he did it. He bought in. He he played along. He he said, okay, we'll buy your we'll buy what you're selling for two weeks. And then the people were like, we don't want this. I mean, yes, there are people who I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing, but if you wanted to stay home, you can stay your ass at home. If you don't want to stay home, get back to work. Let's do this. Like the whole point was to here's the thing that people have lost sight of. The two weeks of flatten the curve was not to actually flatten the curve. It was not. It was never supposed to do that. The two weeks and the the 30 days of hard um, stuff that we had was to put the infrastructure in place to handle COVID. And our state did that. Yes, we did it with dependency on the federal government for some things because they were monopolizing everything and controlling where shipments of stuff went. But Kemp and his administration... They might have opened the state against people's wishes, which is like the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of. But the 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 infrastructure was there. The hospitals had the people. They sent the National Guard in. They delivered the PPP. They delivered the vaccine when it became available. They did what they were supposed to do. That is an accomplishment. And Stacey Abrams doesn't want to talk about that because it's easier for her to talk about Oh, well, he opened the state and people died and it's Brian Kemp's fault and his their death is on his his list and blah, blah, blah. And so he's buying into yeah, it to trying to overcome that with money. The thing is, is he should stand up to your damn right open, open it back up. Everybody right. took their their own risk based on their own health. And I, I never I never shut down. I couldn't. Uh, the, 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 we have so many essential workers. I don't know what the hell everybody else is doing. That's non-essential. I don't know what, what, what those folks do for money. Um, but he got, he never had a, we never had a, uh, essential worker passport like, like other States. We weren't like, and this is what he's be saying. Look at Hawaii, where if you live in Hawaii, you were locked down. The Hawaii about, about killed its, its, its tourist industry. I mean, what do you have out of Hawaii? You have macadamia nuts. You have uh, army posts and uh, navy posts. I love macadamia nuts. Oh, so do I. Uh, but the macadamia nuts, coffee, and even most pineapples grown in Hawaii aren't, aren't shipped elsewhere. But that, that, but that's it. Tourism is the is the king in Hawaii. Shut that down. They also violated the constitution by requiring papers to move from well, one uh, state to another. But I digress. But that's what he's be standing up in town. Is I never shut us down completely. I didn't. I didn't require masks. I did not require passports. I didn't require uh, identification, saying that that you're an essential worker. I got us back open as soon as soon as I could. As soon as I saw that it was a farce, I got us back open, and that's why we have a stronger economy. That's why people are moving here and not moving to California, not moving to New York. You put Stacey Abrams in charge, and you're going to turn this into a California with a southern draw yeah but in, that's what he needs to be out there saying that's the way you campaign backing he's not standing tall on it he's backing down and trying to pay his way out of it and, and i i mean i don't think he's going to but i mean where the I guess the he with the gun in the pickup truck where is that guy that's that's the guy that won the election i guess he rounded up all the illegals i don't know I, I, guess, I guess so, and I guess the, the the kid dating his daughter either either married her or uh, uh, moved on. Remember that controversy with the pointing a gun at a child? No, he didn't. But but where is that guy? Where's where's that guy with the Southern pride? 
Where's the guy with the the pride and and what Georgia can do? Where is that guy? No, he's he's he's, he's in the governor's cowering office. A, yeah, he's cowering in the mansion, sending checks out to people trying to buy votes. He's been doing it with the teachers for the last two or three years, trying to buy their votes. He did it for cops and first responders. And again, like some of these things, like I mean, dude, we've talked about it, like. I will. The reason that I'm against teacher pay in the way that we talk about it is because it will never be enough the way that we just the, the cyclical nature of it. But like, do I want teachers to earn money for when they when they perform well and when they do well? Yes. But I, I mean, in a, in a different world. But do I want law enforcement people to make more money? Yes, I do. But I don't just want I don't want to just first of all, I don't want to just talk about it in election cycles. And two, you know, the thing that really, really bothered me about this handout is um, Kemp's quote that the assistant will help some of Georgia's, quote, most vulnerable citizens cope with the continued negative economic impact of the COVID-19 public health emergency and the 40-year high inflation caused by disastrous policies that were implemented by the Biden administration. First of all, Yes, all those things are true. People are still reeling from the what they did with COVID and the now with inflation. However, Donald Trump helped get us to the point of where we are. He helped. I mean, he signed the law with the trillions in bail. I mean, we, they've all contributed. They all always do. Government does not help the situation. And pretending like it's okay to send out this money. This this you're giving them money to combat inflation with money that was printed and caused an in like the inflation. It's nuts. Yeah, we called it as it was happening. When the when the twelve hundred checks went out, guess what Walmart had? Twelve hundred TVs. Uh yeah. <clears throat> the the Fed likes to pretend that that one, one, they lied to us. They said inflation is transitory. It, it is certainly not. Uh, but on, on Kemp's thing, yes, Kemp is not helping anything here by 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 giving handouts. Now, look, if if you're if you're on the lower end of the economic scale, is three hundred fifty bucks nice to get? I'm sure it is. It's nice it's, for anybody to like, get. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a lot of money or not. Like getting money is nice. But well, is it, it can is, you spend it better? The, the difference, the difference between going to uh, having three extra three fifty and going to Capitol Grill and having an extra three fifty and building four groceries, is uh, you know close. But it's not it's not life changing. That three fifty will be gone in a heartbeat. That's for an average family. Is that one or two trips to the grocery store? Sure, especially right now. But I mean, the point is that you know there could have been more done with. The billion dollars. You're telling me we couldn't spend well, that in a way that makes life better for all Georgians? Right. Uh, of course, the Democrats uh, are criticizing the governor for uh, disparaging federal funds and spending like ARP while using the money and t- taking credit for giving handouts to Georgians. <sighs> I mean, they're not wrong. No, I was about to say, like, he's totally deserving of that because. It's a, it's pretty damn hypocritical. And, you know, I don't, I don't support any of this stuff. I don't support any of the cash handouts. I don't support any promises of guaranteed income. I don't support bonuses. I don't support like, hey, good job. No, I don't. It's not, it's not proper. But to give people who are already on 
whether you believe that they are entitled to it or they are not, or they should never have it, or they should be allowed to have it for a couple weeks, like no matter what you think of benefits, you're talking about giving more money to people who are already on the take on the system. Like currently right now, they are taking more than most people. Yeah, taking more than they put in for sure. Now, like I said, well, like you said, it could, could this money have been used elsewhere? Could have, could have been used to, to help fund uh, uh, stuff in, in, in rural hospitals. Things that are that are really had problems with with COVID was areas like where you live, where hospital covered is sparse and gets can get overloaded very very quickly. Even our our hospital here in Paulding, it gets full very quickly, very easily. If even when the flu runs through, that that, that hospital fills up because uh, our population out here exploded faster than the, than the hospital could expand. Mm-hmm. But why why not put that billion go a long way for for uh, for health care out in in areas like I said, like yours down in South Georgia, areas up in far north Georgia, areas that that don't have like if my hospital fills up in Paulding County, if the Wellstar here fills up, I have another 10 hospitals with with less than an hour drive to go to. And areas like yours don't. And that would that would have been a really good use of the funds. Anything to, to help infrastructure, um, hell, I, I'm sure that you can't. But take that billion, put it in the uh, put it in the kitty, and give everybody another another tax break. Yeah, I mean, I I don't but, I'm not but, against the tax break. It's just it's the point, like it's the fact that it, it's just the timing and it's it's the purpose, and it's not because it's like this is how we should operate. It's because they're like, oh, by the way, I need your vote. I just I can't. What are we? Four, are we four weeks away from early voting? Oh God, that a month, m- maybe a month and a half. Yeah, maybe. Oh, you want to be nauseous? Realize the second, the the first no. Wednesday of November starts twenty twenty four. I'm not doing it. You 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 chose this line of work. <laughs> I'm, I'm not no, I doing didn't. it. I actually did not. It chose me. It sucked me in. I can't get out. And clawing for the laws of to get out. What is it? For years, no Godfather will, two. Nobody will throw me a rope or a life. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'll throw you a rope. You're just not going to like the knot at the end. Mm-hmm. There were some of the comments you get online. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis also you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at the georgiavirtue.com supreme court asked to decide if paid diet advice is protected by the first amendment i interesting i think it's super interesting and i am to me, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about it more in depth, but to me, it it has some similarities to the case that we've talked about on the show, I think at least twice, with the ghost tours in Savannah um, a couple years ago. <laughs> there was like this controversy about whether or not the tour guides were giving accurate um, like recollections and, and, rec- and accounts of what happened in these haunted areas of savannah and they wanted to sue over it and you know the courts basically said 
you want to, I mean, first of all, we're talking about ghost stories. So like, how are you going to verify? I don't, I don't know, but, um, you have the right to like, it's protected speech, these types of things. Like, and they were, and they wanted them to have permits and they were saying that you can't, you can't say that someone has to have a permit to tell a story. Like they can, it's protected speech. And the, the you, you don't have to be ghost sort of ghost tours I've been on, they don't say this is a historical fact. This is what happened. They, they say things like it is, it is, uh, I've been told or mm-hmm. the old timers tell rumored. stories about yeah. or it's rumored that, you know, so and so it's rumored that Lizzie Borden uh, uh, haunts this house. It's stuff like that. Uh, this is a little different. I, I get the I get the, the parallel to it. But <clears throat> this is this is. Well, People it's the licensing part. Yeah. The licensing right. part is what's it's similar a, to Savannah because Savannah was trying to say, you can't tell these stories unless you're licensed because only the licensed people can properly recount and have the right training for the ghost stories. So that's the similarity. And of, and of course, that's a cash grab by Correct. the by city of Savannah. M- million. It's percent. a cash grab. It's not. It's not. So if you have a license and you tell the story about, about this headstone. Uh, uh, it's true. And you just. And tell, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because Van says it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So in Florida, um, they're saying that you have to have a license to give. You don't have to be a licensed dietitian. Or you do have to be. I'm sorry. You don't. But you. Right. You'd be a licensed dietitian right. to give diet advice. This lady in Fort Walton was facing misdemeanor criminal charges. And look, this is, and of course, it's if you take money for the diet advice. It's not, it's not if you tell your neighbor, hey, Atkins really worked for me, or low carb worked for, for, for so-and-so, or I did Weight Watchers and it worked. What does that do? Does, does that mean everybody running a Weight Watchers meeting has got to be, uh, has to have a, a, a license? I don't know, but this certainly presents an interesting time in the in the era of in Facebook and Instagram and TikTok influencers where um, it's not your traditional like, oh, I'm Jessica and I'm selling this six week program for you to join. Like you're talking about people who have been either endorsed by certain programs or are doing affiliate work like it's it's just with the way that technology and social media this I think this question is going to affect a lot more people if the courts don't ruin the lady's favor. Yeah. I mean, hell people like Gwyneth Paltrow and, and uh, goop. And she puts out some outlander stuff for, for, uh, for her advice and stuff that doctors have said, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. All without kicking down her door and arresting her for giving out medical advice without a license. So in <sighs> Florida, they wanted you had to be like, they wanted her to be this woman, Heather, to be a licensed dietitian. And that requires an undergraduate degree, 900 hours of supervised practice, of course, testing, and then your annual fee your, for your occupational license. Um, and because she was not, they threatened her with the fines and the misdemeanor charges and, and everything else. But because of the free speech element, um, the Institute for justice is backing her. Um, and I mean, she's not, she's, she's not claiming she's a dietitian. Like that's, she's not saying I'm that 
like <laughs> look you you don't need a, a 900 hours of studying under somebody in an undergraduate degree to be able to tell you if you consume fewer calories than you burn you'll lose weight uh this will go into personal trainers also you know, you go you go to the gym go out to go to work out anytime or golds or whatever and you get a personal trainer who's working with you and you say hey i've got, I've got a lot of gains but uh, what can I do to take next take next level? And then he talks to you about meal prep and how many times a day to eat and how much should be protein versus versus uh, carbohydrate and and fiber. <clears throat> he talks to you about that kind of stuff as far, as far as trying to get whatever your uh, your goal is with working out. Well, now he's dispensing dietary advice. Does he have to be? I mean, there's no way you're going to get every personal trainer in the state of Florida to become a licensed dietitian. And I guarantee you, all of them talk about supplements and and food intake. Whether you're trying to put on muscle, you're trying to take off fat, whatever they're they're going to talk to you. On top of you know your hour on the bike and then lifting, uh, you need need to be talking. They're talking about the food that you're taking in, the supplements you're taking in, the the additional protein you may be taking in if you're trying to put put weight on. So, really, this again, this is a cash grab, and it's also. Florida is very, very protective of their of their licensees. Like Florida does not does not give reciprocity for 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 me for my industry with anybody. So I can't go to Florida and go pull a permit. Hmm. I have to go to Florida and pay Florida and take a, a, a Florida class and Florida test, even though I've already tested it. When you say universal mechanical, it's universal for a reason. Uh, but Florida is very, very protective of their of their licensed contractors, and so much so that even if you go to sell a house, you don't have and you didn't pull a permit to put an air conditioner in, the sale doesn't go through until you get inspected by by the by the, the municipality. So that this is just a very Florida thing. It's a very uh, Yankee thing, also to to protect. It's, it's it kind of goes that idea of protecting the union and keeping the scabs out. Well, for that sure, mentality, and that's very prevalent down there. Well, the the whole thing started by a licensed dietitian complaining to the state. Um, and an investigator with Florida's Department of Health then came along and said, um, as like she said, she set Heather, the woman up and pretended to be a potential customer and asked for um, information about the potential weight loss program. And she gave her the information about her coaching services and, but she never put herself out to be a licensed dietitian. Um, but the department of public health had the position that she was a threat to health and safety and wellness of the public. And, um, as long as she didn't have the license, she couldn't do it. And that's the thing. She's not misrepresenting herself. Correct. I would have a big problem if she said, I'm a licensed uh, dietitian. And let me tell you, that <clears throat> that is totally different from what's going on. She's or saying, even well, a dietitian. Even because she's not. Like, even if she didn't say license, even because, you know, sometimes people do. But, I mean. You, well, yeah, they'll, they'll check, you check your license number or say that I studied, studied this in school or, you know, I, I'm a dietitian uh, or whatever. I'll, that's not what she's not representing that. So it is caveat emptor. If you if you want a licensed dietitian to to help you with meal prep and all that stuff, you go and you find a license. If you're fine, you want to find somebody who's going to give you some tips on 
living, living cleaner, living healthier and, and living, uh, and losing weight. That's, that's what you bought. And it's, it's the, the folks that, that have the license that are worried, worried about the competition is the only reason they would have done this is someone lost a client to this woman. And here's the thing. Well, exactly. But here's the thing. Like I think about these, cause I've, I mean, when I, I went through a lot of health issues back in 2018. Like I was having a lot of autoimmune flare up things. And what I was looking for was somebody else who went through what I went through. And I wanted to know what they did to feel better. And I mean, some of it had to do with weight. Some of it just had to do with like overall health. And some of it was medical. Like what doctors did you see? What did you ask them? What did they give you? Like I wanted to talk. I didn't care if it was a dietitian or someone who was licensed. I wanted somebody who had the same symptoms as me and similar circumstances and and was doing better. And I found that person and on the internet and I read a bunch of their stuff and I never once was like, I wonder what their qualifications were. I just wanted to know their story. It didn't mean that I, I like it was up to me to decide whether or not I took every single word as the gospel or not at all, you know? Um, but this something similar happened in North Carolina with a blogger um, on diet advice again, and the Institute for justice intervened there and they were successful and the state repealed their regulations and, and put in new ones. This lady has not has been as successful so far. Eleventh Circuit shot her down. That's why it's going to the Supreme Court, or they're asking for it to be. Yeah, that's going to put her in limbo for what another year, at least. Yeah, if they pick it up, it is. <clears throat> it is a, a, a like I said, an interesting case. I'd like to see Scotus pick it up, and and come down with a, with a final ruling. Is this covered under under free speech or is it not? It's so ridiculous, it, it though. Does, it and is. The petition says the advice she wants to give, tips about what to eat or not eat, is the sort of advice that millions of Americans routinely give and receive without government intervention. If that advice can be removed from the ambit of First Amendment simply by adopting a licensing law, then any advice could be, which is so true. I mean, if if one that's a problem with licensing overall, like we shouldn't be. Here's the thing, you stupid little hag, whoever reported her, instead of advocating for her to be licensed, why don't you advocate for you not to be? Right. Like, because once you're in the club, I know. once you've made that, once, once you've, you've made that hurdle, you, you've, you've done your, done your time, uh, your 900 hours, you've got your, your bachelor's degree, you, you're past that hurdle it, it's it's self-preservation to knock everybody else down that's trying to get there. I know. It just really irritates me. Like, self-preservation should be less regulation for everyone, not more regulation or as much regulation as me. Like, let's... Well, it's also, yeah, it's also a, a, an angry thing of how much time and money I spent getting my credentials and you're going to, you're just going to step in and, and take one of my clients from me. It, it, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes, goes into it. And, and, you know, women, man. in my industry, we really don't care. You, you hire an unlicensed guy that's on you, whatever. Yeah. It might suck. Yeah. I mean, you, you were given the opportunity to do all the research, caveat emptor, all the research before you paid the money. So, all right, so we have a Brianna Taylor redo. 
Yeah, this is an interesting story. This one, it actually happened last year in Camden County, which is on the Florida Georgia line. Um, the GBI was called in to investigate because it involved an officer involved shooting. Um, and Camden County, which I'll just note really quick because we've taken a lot of time on other stories so far, but, um, Camden County is, we've talked about it before because that's where Kingsland is. Kingsland is where the Zechariah Presley, Tony Green shooting was, where the officer was sent away to prison for, um, violation of oath of office, but not felony murder. And so the community there is, um, hypersensitive to officer involved shootings. So, and that happened in 2018 and this was last year. So the, to give the backstory on it, basically, um, there was a warrant for this home. Um, the sheriff's office went in to execute it. I think at like five 30 in the morning, um, it was still dark. They, I don't know if it was a no knock warrant. Like it's been one of the, it's been reported both ways. I don't, I don't know if it was, I mean, that, I don't know how much it would change only for the sole purpose that um, all of the parties were shooting. Varshan Brown, he started shooting, which, of course, prompted the deputies to start shooting. And his cousin, Latoya James, was killed in the crossfire. Um, he was charged and... He was wounded. He went to the hospital, but he recovered. But he he was charged and advocates called for prosecutors to go after the deputies, too. But um, all the investigations found that the deputies were justified in using deadly force. So, of course, when you don't get what you want at the state level, the goal is to go up to the feds and ask for them to come in and look. I'm sorry. It was in 2020. It was not 2021. Now I'm lying to everyone. Brianna Taylor was in 2020. This was in 2021. It's not the same. You know, the Justice Department just filed charges against civil rights charges against the the officers from Brianna Taylor. So that's I'm sure they're coasting on that momentum because it's the civil rights division of the DOJ that goes and does all these things. It's not just your regular U.S. attorney's office. Yeah, it's real, <clears throat> very difficult, uh, dark, and you have bullets flying at you, and and you, it, it, that's going to be a very, very difficult case. I, I don't even know if the feds will take it. I know they're pushing for the feds to take it like they did with the Breonna Taylor case, but there are some differences, and, and one is yeah, her cousin was shooting at the police. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you could argue all day long that 5.30 a.m. is not the best time to serve a warrant. Um, Some people would argue that it is a good time to serve a warrant because people are less likely to shoot back because they might they're hopefully sleeping. I think that's the goal. Um, Obviously, that was not the case here. I don't think any deputies were injured, but. Um, I think it's unreasonable to sig- I, I guess they're angry that only Brown was charged, but I'm assuming that they've done ballistics and also in Georgia under felony murder laws, like 
you don't have to be the shooter, to, like you committing an act, a felony act, and then it resulting in someone else's death. We've seen that plenty of times. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with it is yeah. his actions caused her death by yeah. shooting at the police and the police or the, the, the deputies and the deputies having to return fire to protect themselves created the situation where she got hit. And that part it's is sad. what happened because they released the body cam footage pretty soon after it happened because, you know, there were there were a lot of concerns about it and just the public and again, the community that it was in and that it was, I mean, they just, they, they were out front with it and they released the body cam and the deputies, it's hard to see what's going on, but you can hear the communication and the Brown shot first. Like they, they didn't bust in the door shooting. So his, it is, he is responsible for the shooting that ensued. Um, yeah, and we could debate the validity of no-knock warrants, the validity of, of trying to, to beat somebody's door at, at 5, 5.30 in the morning. We, yeah, even we if you that. are announcing that, yourself. Right. So we, we, we can discuss the validity of that <clears throat> elsewhere. But in this case, dude let loose, of, uh, uh, sent some rounds down range. And uh, unfortunately, she's the one that got smoked and he got away with, with being wounded and recovered. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you have to know if you're living with a criminal and you have to know if you're living with the kind of guy who's going to shoot at the cops when they come in the door. I'm not I'm not putting it on her, but come on, you got to know. Um, you got to you got to know if, that, if that's the kind of person you're, you're hanging with. And just to clarify, because I wanted to, um, I, like I said, it has been reported both ways, but it was not. They did announce themselves. So, I mean. Yes, her family can say all day long that she was innocent and she shouldn't have died, and that's true. Um, but you also don't have to shoot when the cops come to your house, so they should be angry with the cousin. Right. Yeah, uh, same thing I've said about traffic stops, about any time you're being arrested. Put your hands up, let the lawyers figure it out. But that's not what this guy did. And and unfortunately, and, and this happens a lot, the perpetrator is not the one who pays the price. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, this this poor woman is is victim of her cousin, not of the sheriff's deputies who shot to defend themselves. I don't think they went in there just spraying bullets everywhere. They, they went in there to arrest him. Well, and, it, and I mean, it, that's just a reality is like, not every I don't care how skilled you are in a in a high adrenaline situation like that and you're being shot at it's it's not always certain where your bullets are going to land so yes they went that's why you don't that's I mean so you don't right. shoot at the cops so moving on we have Biden keeps student loan borrowers in suspense over payment pause I just so the, I am the only reason that I'm annoyed about this article. I don't want to spend. I mean, we talked about student loans a ton, so I I won't belabor it. But like, they're like, so so the pause is supposed to end again on the 31st of this month, and all the advocates for forgiveness or extending the pause or however we're going to do it are just talking about how it's stressful for people who have for borrowers to like not be sure whether or not the payment is due. And to be, 
you know, it's weighing on them. They have fear because they don't know if it's when it's going to happen, what they'll need to be prepared to do, how to scrounge up the money to pay for student loans next month. Okay, let me tell you, as somebody who has student loans, you can just go ahead and plan to pay them every month. Like just because there was a pause doesn't mean you don't like you can't pay them. You can pay them. I paid mine for the first year of the pause um, when there was no interest and it went down considerably. There was a huge benefit for it. And you could pay like if there's a pause, you don't have to pay the full amount. You could just pay like what you can if you're going through problems. Um, I went through a little period of time where I didn't not pay, but I needed to adjust my payment for a period of time. And I did that. Like there are so many options and it baffles me that they're sitting around like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Okay, what you're going to do is pay back the money you took out because they told you that this was going to be due and no circumstances in the world um, need to change that. Like I said, there are like multiple options. You can get them on hold for $0. You can get them adjusted to what you can afford. There's all kinds of things you can do through the program. This is just a complete lack of responsibility and I think it's laughable. All these people have been sitting in the pause praying and expecting since the Democrats have both houses and the presidency that there would be some sort of student loan forgiveness. And, you know, they they feel like they'd be throwing money away by ma- making those payments. I guarantee you they they were. Yeah, that's they were the fooled problem. by the rhetoric on the campaign trail. Yeah. It, and what needs to happen is the Biden administration needs to come out and say, look, we're not. There's we don't have the the political capital to get rid of your student loans. You need to pay them. Well, and what's interesting, I was just talking with a friend about this last week, though. Like, I feel like all of the publicity around student loans has actually done a disservice because the reason you just stated, which is. People are like, oh, well, I shouldn't pay into them because they're going to forgive them. I'm just throwing money away. Mm. No. Also. I mean, what is wrong with if they okay, let's say they do forgive them. What is wrong with you having paid back like 60 percent of what you borrowed instead of 40? I don't I don't understand that. Like you invested in yourself. Someone gave you free money to do it. And now you're terrified about them not. Taking it away for you and you live in constant fear. I mean, that, that's a, that's obnoxious. Yeah, it is obnoxious and making yourself the victim and expecting other people to to pay your loans. And look, there are banks that make these loans. There are banks that back them. Uh, the government ultimately backs them, but the bank made, made the loan. The bank is due their money. And people can, can cry all they want to about how evil banks are, but you borrowed it. And the banks borrowed money from other people to lend it to you. And that's that's all a banker, banker is, is, is a high-priced bookie. Is they take they take you from your savings account at sub one percent and then lend it out at two or three percent and they make money on the margins. But if, you know, it, most people in their four hundred one ks, IRAs, anything that that is managed by uh, a, a money manager has money in bank stocks somewhere in those mutual funds that are bank stocks. So when those banks lose, those of us who invest and have retirement accounts, we lose too. Because when that hits the when that hurts the hits the bank's bottom line, that's a problem. They're they're not they're not making their money. They they are paying interest to somebody else to get that money, and lend it to somebody to you, 
And then the government says, oh, you can't collect on it. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just make you, we'll pay you your principal back and just call it a day. Yeah, it's, it's, it blows my mind. But just the whole idea that, you know, this is hard on them. Like, you have not had to make a payment. You have not been obligated, or I'm sorry, you, I think people are obligated, but you have not been contractually bound and then punished for not doing so. You have not been required to do that since March of 2020. I can, there is not a single other obligation on this planet that you have, people have been absolved of their responsibility for, for 28 months. Just PPP. Well, yeah, but that, at least they sold that with the, you know, I mean. Yeah, up front with the, with yeah. what's going to be forgivable and what's not. Yeah, but absolutely. And I, I asinine. It is. It is. And this is another uh, vote buying thing because it'll come down to, to, to the wire and he'll extend he'll extend it again till January or just past the election. So, something something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll get because I don't think they're going to get student loan forgiveness done before November. I just don't. Most the most everybody in Congress is, is home in their district try, trying to get reelected. Unless he does it by tries to do it by executive order or something. Well, that'd be a mess. Oh God, that'd be a mess. Try to do it by EO. All the all he can do with EO is is tell he can, he can't because most of the loans are through private or uh, private institutions. So he can't he can't order. Uh, well, the but if they applied through FAFSA and the department, the U.S. Department of Education, I mean. Maybe I'm just Maybe. saying, like, it, 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 yes, it would make all he could do is he could stop collection of it, mm-hmm. but he can't make it. He cannot, with a stroke of a pen, make it go away. Well, what that would, would be- take Congress because Congress has the purse strings. Congress would have to say, we're going to take this money out of the national budget and apply it to pay off student loans. What would be interesting would be to see what the contracts between the banks that back up these companies what their what their contracts are with the federal government to administrate and do this stuff that would be super interesting like what happens in the event of a wipeout because they've restructured it multiple times so you know that these any any company that has any type of skin in the game is has protected themselves from that they're not stupid right Exactly. And this was supposed to be super, super, super low risk for the bank because it's backed by the federal government. If if the borrower doesn't pay, the federal government st- steps in, pay, pays the uh, pays the bank and then they go after the, you know, the government goes after you for the money. Because student loans never go away. You can't you cannot bankruptcy out of them or anything else. So. That is very, very low risk for the banks, which is why, you know, they're not. Is, which is why they're so readily available. So as we're running a little bit long, Jessica, your closing thought? Yes. I I mean, this is not a new story. It's just a story that has come up once again. And that is that um, they're once again considering putting toll lanes on Georgia 400. And I just, like, the most governmenty government thing is to have toll lanes that people hate on Georgia 400 when at the start of you know, right before Lennox. And it's a political thing and a campaign issue to promise to tear them down. 
And then you tear them down and then you're like, we need to put toll lanes in to help control traffic. And so we need to put them back, but we're not going to put them back in the same place. We're going to put them like a couple exits up um, and it's going to help you. So like, I don't understand why stuff like that does not transfer to other issues for people when it comes to government. Like, how do you not see that government put up tolls, then pay to tear them down on and make themselves look good. And now they're going to, they've made a proposal to put them back up and build them back again for whatever reason. Well, they, didn't, they didn't tear them down because it looked good. They tore them down because it, it was a referendum on, on the ballot and the people overwhelmingly voted to get rid of the tolls on 400. Sure, but Governor Deal and senators in North Fulton like John Albers they were proud to profess like they are going because they didn't they the referendum passed and then they didn't do it. So they were, you know, out there in front of the freaking tolls making videos saying, I'm going to tear these things down if I'm elected. Like, but it's just a government stupidity over and over to build something with your money, then tear it down, ask you if you want to tear it down because you hate it. And then you say you do. And they're like, okay, well, a little bit longer, we're going to collect a little bit more. And then they're like, okay, actually, we will tear them down. And then the, a few years later, they come back and they're like, wait, okay, we actually need to build those again. It's only been 10 years since they've been down. That's not that long. No, not in comparison to how long they were up. No. Because like all toll roads, it was supposed to pay for itself. That was it. The toll was supposed to pay for 400 well, it was it'd been paid for fourfold. And they were continuing to to, to collect that what was it, fifty cents or whatever it was to to get through four hundred. And look, it, it wasn't even a true turnpike or anything else, because it was one toll and you and if if you really hated the toll, you could drive around it. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I assume they're proposing putting in uh peach lanes. Yeah, and that's another thing is with the Georgia four hundred toll and the plans that they had for the peach lanes everywhere else is I mean, they were antiquated, like they couldn't just convert them to because people don't carry cash anymore. People don't have quarters on them like most people don't. So, I mean, some of us still do, but in Atlanta. So there was like an it was it was all just a ploy. It's a game. They play games and people buy into it. They play you like a fiddle every time. And 400 is already a mess. You're going to do a giant construction project on 400. They're already doing a giant construction project at 400. It's, it is, I know. it's absolutely horrific. And that's about where they're going to put them. 400 was designed so poorly, especially where uh, 285 eastbound mm-hmm. hits 400 and it dumps you in the left lane. And then on the left lane, immediately ends, you have to force your way right to people who are trying to do 80. Yep. That's what they are changing and as part of their yep. little thing. But, I mean, people have died there. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. You come over in front of a dump truck and you get plowed. I mean, that's... Yeah, it was it was poorly designed to be to begin with. Uh, uh, it's one of those things where they probably never expected the flow of traffic that we have on 285 and 400 now when it was built. All right, so I have the losers of the week, and there are three of them for last week. Liz Cheney got her ass handed to her. Uh, I don't even know why she qualified to run again. Even putting her dad out there, uh, the, I don't know if you saw the, that commercial that, that he did. It, it, was, it was awful. Well, nobody likes got him her. anyway. It was the last ditch. They do in, they do in Wyoming. Uh, it was a last-ditch effort to... to 
to uh, to get her through. I, all she did was waste money because she was she was uh, she was dead woman walking the minute she she stepped onto those January sixth hearings. Even beyond the 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 impeachment stuff and her disliking Trump and all that, she she possibly could have weathered that storm. But her getting in front of the cameras on the uh, January sixth hearing stuff. That that did her in. Uh, Brian Setzler, Setzer, Seltzer is done at CNN. He's he was just awful anyway. A little, I don't know. He's he's done. Loser of the week. His show had awful ratings. He was not entertaining. He's not funny. Uh, and CNN is starting to try to trim the the dead leaves off, off their bush. And you know what's what's not making money and get rid of them. And Marcelo Zuna, last Thursday morning, or Friday morning, 4 o'clock in the morning or something, got himself a, a DUI. He is a, a Braves player, just signed like a $45 million uh, extension. Uh, people were, fans will recall last year, he got uh, got a 20-game end-of-year uh, end suspension for a domestic, where he was accused of choking his wife, and the officer was there to witness it, had her up against the wall, and and uh, was holding her by her neck when he was out on the uh, disabled list. And she actually tried, did her best to, to get the charges reduced, and they eventually were, because I think she figured out that the millions he was bringing in was worth getting smacked around, I guess. Uh, but he got himself a Dewey in Gwinnett County uh, early, early Friday morning. So not only is he hitting like 215, which is not good, and his fielding isn't good, now he just he got popped for DUI. So he may have played his last game in a Major League jersey. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, su- such horrible problems. Like, yeah, he'll just have to walk away with this $45 million yeah, in Poor cry. guy. <laughs> Same thing with Liz Cheney. You should walk away. Well, I know, but like with him, if he gets a DUI, like, okay, well, I'll just pay someone. To, like, you lose your license. Oh, well, I'll just pay someone to drive me around for a year. Like, I mean, it's not a problem. Maybe you should have paid somebody to drive him that night. Well, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, the repercussions certainly don't impact him the way that they would impact everybody else. And look, if, if this was his first scrape of the law, I don't, I don't think it, it would cost him. Yeah. But this being a second in two years, uh, one be even though it was reduced, and DUI is a is a uh, misdemeanor. I, I think that may give the Braves an opportunity to move on. But hell, I don't know. By the time the show drops, we'll, we'll probably find out. So for Jessica Slodgy, my partner's endeavor for Eric Cumby, our awesome editor who turns awful audio into something that you can actually listen to. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon